You're listening to Parodi, coming at you live. Which way, what, when, how? Mr. Idol D flip the track right now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this absolutely lovely Monday evening here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, broadcasting from the Star Worldwide Network Studios high above Camelback Road. And joining me tonight is my dear friend and probably one of the biggest fans of uh, my music that's out there. Counselor, author, cancer survivor, film producer, and according to her PR people, uh, super hot dancer and 58-year-old Foxy Phenom, Miss Jane Fendelman. So to prepare our space for Jane and for her arrival, let's uh, play one of her favorite songs from the album Urban Flora by Alina Perez and Galamatis. This is called Unfold. Yeah. 
listening to R.O.D. coming at you live. And that was Unfold from Alina Baraz and Galamadius here on the Auto D Show. And feel free to uh, send Jane or myself a text if you have our numbers and let me know if, we, if I said those names right. Uh, they're new to me. Um, but the show tonight is brought to you by Trattoria D'Amico in Awatuki, an authentic Italian restaurant where you'll often find me right after the show, but not tonight. And uh, they're on the north side of Warner Road, just west of I-10, so stop in and tell them Otto sent you. And without further ado, let me introduce to you the one and only Miss Jane Fendelman. Jane, how are you doing? I'm so wonderful, Otto. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for taking the time to join me. It's my pleasure and my honor. Well, thank you. And I think I mentioned at the beginning of the show that you are a good friend of mine. Yes. We've known each other for a long, long time. Long, long time. We've known each other since I was bald 13 years ago from chemo. Wow. So it's right? been a while. Yeah, Wasn't first, I bald? Yeah, and I think the first thing we did together was uh, you came to me with the need to record an audiobook. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I thought I might die. I had a very aggressive, fast-growing lump in my breast. Mm-hmm. And I had just had a lumpectomy and had started, I think I was finished with, was I just finished with my chemo? Was I still doing my chemo? I I don't remember. I think you may have been done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was pretty sure. They told me it was growing fast and it could come back and I wouldn't know for three years. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I had this parenting book that I'm told is really great, Raising Humane Beings, and I wanted to get it on audio and put it on my website store. And so, Which, by the way, where, what is your website store? We did that, janefendelman.com. And how do you spell Fendelman? F like Frank, E-N like Nancy, D like David, E-L like Lincoln, M-A-N like man. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. So I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but I thought we might as well take that opportunity. Thank you. And it's Jane like Tarzan. Perfect. JaneFendelman.com. Okay, so you were wanting to get that book on audio to get that up on your website back at the time. Yeah, so in case I died. Yeah, well, that's a good reason. You know, mm. Make sure you had that wrapped up. And right. actually, you've written a number of books, haven't you? No. Oh, that's the only one? <laughs> Great. I knew I could do that. <laughs> no, I knew I could right. screw that I'm so up. glad you did that. No, I'm teasing. I, I have that book. I have one other book, <clears throat> Dreams into Reality, that I haven't printed in a while that I need to. And I have a number of audio and video downloads on my website store. So there's one on grief and there's one on death and dying. And well, the one on death and dying is on grief. And there's one on anxiety and depression. And there's couples educational videos. And there's like stuff for everything because I'm an individual couples and child family therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How How did you get into becoming a couples therapist? Or for that matter, what brought you into the whole field? Yeah. Okay. So there's the kind of typical answer, which is really true. And that is I went through my own healing right around age 30. And um, it was such a profound experience, my own healing and awakening, uh, epiphany experiences that I thought, wow, I want to do this. And I had an amazing counselor who's still a mentor and friend to me today, even though she's retired. So I want to do this and help other people after going through my own healing. That's the um, kind of stock answer that's actually true. The real answer is, it's my calling, and it's what I was born to do, and it's my greatest joy, and even though I've been doing it for 25 years, it's still so exciting to me every single day and every single hour that I get to sit in a counseling session and assist people that way. It's mm-hmm. such an honor. It's profound. Yeah, I can understand. It's my soul's calling. Cool. And you are a big fan of music. 
In fact, you made a you made a movie, which we'll probably mention at some point as well, and you used some of my music in it. I did. I had mentioned that you were a big fan of mine, and since we met, way back Huge. when we first met, yeah, you you became Huge. yeah you became like the first person <laughs> going, oh my god! And you, if you lost a record or it got stuck in your CD player, you'd ask me to give you another <laughs> copy of the disc. You know? Uh, so you've you've always been a big, was big I like fan and promoter. Your first freak, like your first, the first person you became aware of that was like f- totally freaked out, right? Like in wonderment of your music. Uh-huh. I was the first, <laughs> pretty much. So it was yeah. like thirteen years ago, and yeah. like like I can remember driving down the road and calling you for something like we need to get together to work on some item or some you know setting another date to get together to. Um, work on my uh, Raising Humane Beings. And I can remember calling you multiple times from my car with your music and singing, sing screaming, scream singing at the top of my lungs because I know really every word, especially in your first album because I just played the shit out of that over and over and over. And I would call you and I'd go, listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sometimes I would get your voicemail and I'd go, listen, <laughs> listen to what's on my uh, CD player in my car. That's funny, I remember. Yeah. Well, why? What? What's such a big thing for you with music? Because you're a big fan of music. Not. I mean, we're mentioning mine, um, but you're a big fan of music and you dance a lot. You go dancing a lot every single Saturday night, and oftentimes on. I'm just gonna move the mic for a second. Okay, everybody hear that? Um, <laughs> um, I dance every single Saturday night, and sometimes on a weeknight if I'm if I have time, if I'm not too tired out from my workday. Um, so and you've always loved music. It's always been a big thing for you. Just always, just always. As a kid, I always related to music, and uh, yeah, it always spoke to me. I think I didn't. I think I haven't really thought about how much of a music freak I am until you said I should interview you on the show. And I'm like, me? Why? <laughs> and you're like, well, you like music. I'm like, and you're an interesting character. And I'm an interesting character. Yeah, it, that's exactly what I thought. It's interesting to think that you've never picked, picked up an instrument or played music. But I did when well, I when I was. Let me see. When I was six, when I was six, I learned to play violin and I learned Suzuki method. So I could, after a couple of years, pretty much hear any song and just play that song. Wow. So I was a violinist. And when's the last time you picked up a violin? I picked up a violin a few months ago. I can't oh, wow. remember where I was. Whenever I'm around a violin, I can pick up a violin and I can easily play um, Perpetual Motion or Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't remember anything else. That's good to have a repertoire. It doesn't matter how large it is. I can actually play. I remember the proper form and everything. Awesome. So, And my sister played piano and viola. And so I learned a little bit of those two. Like just one sister, or was there a bigger household? One sister, two little brothers, and a little stepbrother. Although the the, the girls Holy and the boys moly. Up. Holy moly! Yeah, but we um we did kind of grow up separately. I mean, the girls different age went with my mom, kind of and the boys went with my dad. Ah, after the divorce, I was ten. Divorce. But we did have a piano in our house growing up in my father's house. Was he a musician or your mom? My father was a inc- an incredible pianist, and every single year, uh, whenever the Broadway Broadway shows opened. In New York, my parents would make a trip to New York, and they would see all the Broadway shows, oh, cool. and they would come home with all the albums, and I can remember being whatever I was, seven, and singing to hair, masturbation can be fun, join the holy orgy, Kama Sutra, everyone. <laughs> At seven years old. Yeah, and I remember going to my mom, what is masturbation? And she was like, you'll find out when you're older. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. So I grew up with a lot of music. So you just YouTube it. 
You just, so, you, <laughs> yeah, if you have a question, you don't ask mom. You just go on YouTube. Right, nowadays. Yeah. So uh, what about this Broadway thing? You say your parents went. Did you ever go, get to go? I did not get to go, but I have been since. I mm-hmm. mean, as an adult, I would go to New York and I saw w- Wicked at the Gershwin Theater and cried and it was just stunning. I saw Chicago at the Schubert Theater when it was oh. first up, before, you know, before it was a movie. It's gorgeous. I was meeting my daughter in New York because she was... Uh, interviewing for the um, page program at CBS actually which she didn't get the gig and she was kind of oh. happy she wanted to stay in Chicago but uh, oh. when that happened uh, she said I said well you ha- we should go see a play I mean you're in New York you know, you've never been here and so uh, we went to like I say we caught Chicago and it was awesome Jennifer Holiday was the lead it's incredible it was something else we should go see Hamilton yes I have not seen Hamilton I haven't seen it either Wait, we should tell the people about when I met your daughter. Okay, so I was in love with the album. Um, uh, the Caesar Bach record. I the think Caesar Bach the, record. Yeah. And the song that you wrote for your daughter is called? All I Ever Wanted. All I Ever Wanted. And the song, like, it made me cry every time I listened to it for probably three years. Aww. And and I've known Otto for for 13 years. So, um, f- so about a year ago, like a year ago, well, like one year ago, so the ke- the chemo has broken down my joints and bones, and I have rods and screws in my lumbar spine, and so I have to get spinal injections sometimes. And every now and then, I need a ride home because they knock me out. And I asked Otto, "Cause okay, wait, wait, uh, <laughs> I just want I just want you to say that again a little slower, even though oh my God, you were so skipping over. It's no, boring. it's such a boring. But it's it's it's, de- it's good. It's detailed. It's what you've been through, you know. And it's big big deal. Okay, it's just such a boring part of my life. The medical. So chemo breaks down the joints and bones. So I ended up with rods and screws in my lumbar spine in 2010 because of the chemo, which I had in 2005. So I have to get these spinal injections once every two or three months. And Otto's studio, Chaton, was right by um, St. Joe, St. Luke's, St. Luke's, St. Luke's, where I got my injections for a little while last year. And I asked Otto if he was going to be in the neighborhood, if he could come and pick me up and take me home. Because we, we're all, his studio and this hospital and my house, all right in the same neighborhood. So Otto goes, sure, sure, sure. So they knock me out. So I didn't know that he was going to pick up his daughter. Did you go to pick her I up at the her, airport? Yeah, I picked her up at the airport. And then I came by the hospital and we grabbed you and dropped you <laughs> off. So I'm stoned, like completely high from the drugs because they knock me out. And when I wake up, I usually wake up, strangely, I wake up, I always realize I'm telling jokes to the doctors and nurses. Like, I know the slew of really ridiculous, idiotic jokes. And I'm, as I'm coming conscious, I realize I'm telling them these jokes. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I'm goofy. So I get into the car, and, we're, and Otto's driving me home. And he, he, he says, this is my daughter. What's your daughter's name? Candace. Candace. This is my daughter, Candace. Candace, this is Jane. And I was like, hello, how do you, I'm trying to act normal. How do you do, Candace? So nice to meet you. (gasps) Candace? Otto, is this the daughter who you wrote that song for? And he goes, yeah, this is the one. I was like, oh my God, I love that you're the daughter. Here, I put some music into you. This is the song. Is this the song? Yeah. It's so beautiful. You have to let it play. I don't want to interrupt your story. No, you have to let it play. (laughs) Here you go, Candace. 
Repeating stories all night long As you fall asleep in my arms That's all I ever wanted Okay, so back that, to the car. We're in the car. That, we're in the car, and I was like, all of a sudden I became this big ball of gush. And I was like, oh my God, you're the daughter the, the song is for. <laughs> and he, they both, they, she said, yeah, or he said, I can't even remember. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's sweet. It's, I was like, I don't know, like I almost started crying. So I could almost see her in the back seat looking at me like, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But I think you, I think you asked me like the next day or so I was something like, about that. You know? Yeah, I said, was I a total and complete idiot? And I thought you were totally fine. I mean, I, you were, you were, you were, you know, emotionally expressive anyway. Right, I am. So it wasn't completely out of character for you to, to respond that way. Right. You know? So I didn't. I would, but no, it was all fine. Oh my gosh, it was hilarious and cool and ridiculous. It's such a great song. Okay, well, you, you, I think you started a story about... Oh, I guess that was the story. That was the story. So, the end so of, that was the story. So we end, end, end of the story. One. Perfect. Well, um, <laughs> The end. Let me ask you this. Now, you've, you've, uh, you're a counselor. I am. And you talk about, I mean, what you do in, in counseling, in couples counseling, in individual counseling. But you also mentioned to me that every time you get on TV and you have an opportunity to talk about ADHD... Uh, that you end up oh. getting phone calls from. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, people yeah. Who, who give you a lot of grief. It's true. It's true because because I work without um, diagnosing or medicating my clients. I do, and I do individual couples and child family counseling. <clears throat> One of the things I used to get called for to do TV uh, segments the most TV, like uh, Arizona morning and midday talk shows, and also news T- Arizona TV news shows was for treating ADHD without without drugging. I know how to cure, completely cure, ADD, ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, ED, emotional disorder, all of these childhood disorders without drugging within three to five sessions by just working with the parents. Cure it, like really cure it. So for a long time, because I'm perceived to be such a rebel, just because I say that, just because I say I can do it, and I can really do it. I'm not right. just saying I can do it. I can really do it. Right. Well, these days I hear, I hear more and more people saying the same thing. Yes, yes. I mean, even the dude who invented ADD and ADHD, the doctor, admitted right before he died, I made that up. It's not a real disorder. Yeah. Children are naturally rambunctious. That's a normal child thing. So uh, there, there have been lots of times where I was on some TV or news show, and I would say I can cure ADHD without drugs, and every time I would go on TV and say that, there is some doctor or person, person people, who hate me. I mean, there's most people who love me. Like the indigo people call me Jane of Arc. The indigo people. Like mm-hmm. they're the people that believe this is not a disorder, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. But there's some doctor or per- person or people or group of people who hate me saying that. And every time I go on TV and say it, they report me to the Arizona Board of, uh, of um, not real estate, different life, <laughs> the Arizona Board of Behavioral Health Examiners, who promptly, promptly haul me in for an inquisition and read me the riot act and threaten me. And, you know, usually I tell them, there's really not jack shit you can do to me. So, fuck you. Can I say fuck? Um, you did. So I wouldn't worry about that. There's no FCC. There's no, no, no fines <laughs> for anyone. So I don't usually say that to them, but I say... Go to hell. There you go. You I say, I say do, do whatever you want to me. Right. There's nothing you can do to me. 
They can't yank my license. Right. So I'm you MC. didn't. So you, did you go to college and spend some time? And when you were in college, did you study this kind of stuff? People. Um, no, you know, actually. What were you focused on? It's not college that makes a good counselor. I know it's, it's life experience, like you said, and that's what drove you there. But I yeah, just, I'm just trying to get back. I'm trying to, I, yeah. you know me. I'm trying to draw dots between when you were a kid and when you were a counselor. So I want to connect the rest of those dots. So did you go to college? Right. Yes. So um, I barely graduated from high school. I went into a state university on probation because my grades were so bad. Um, if I if I was born now, they would say I had ADD or ADHD. So I got an undergraduate degree. I got a bachelor of science in education from Southwest Missouri State University. And then 10 years later, after being lost in the world of real estate and all kinds of other mm-hmm. jobs that didn't suit me, I ended up going back to get a Master of Counseling degree at University of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And here I am 25 years later, still a shrink. Now, you mentioned the University of Missouri, was it? That was Southwest Missouri State University. Southwest Missouri State University. In Springfield, Missouri. And, and you lived there at the time? I did. So did, where was the family originally from? St. Louis. Okay. Most of them are still there. So you're a Midwesterner. I am. You're from Chicago, right? Peoria. Peoria, Chicago? Yeah. In fact, Peoria is half, kind of almost halfway between Chicago and St. Louis. Oh. And so in Peoria, Illinois, everybody is either a St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan or a Chicago Cubs baseball fan. The whole <laughs> town is really split. And, and so neighbors are like for one or the other. But rarely do you find a household that's split, you know. And ours wasn't. But my daughter's was, <laughs> you know. But when I was a kid, my dad would take myself, my brothers, and one of my friends down to St. Louis once a year, you know, in a van. You know, we all sit in the back of the van, cargo van. And we'd go to a, to a Cub game, or excuse me, to a Cardinal game. So you were Cardinals a big deal. Yeah, we fan? were always Cardinals fans. Yeah, in fact, I knew all the guys. You know, there's that year when you're younger, you, when you're kids, I guess, and you're really into that stuff. I mean, maybe you, some people are as adults, I suppose, too. That's why fantasy football does so well. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, I knew the name of every player on the team, and it was fun to watch that era of the St. Louis Cardinals kind of grow up because Joe Torre was on the team and became a big name with the New York Yankees, and Tim McCarver was the catcher of the team, and he became a big announcer in the sport and still has a radio oh. show. And, and so it was just kind of fun to, to, to know all of those guys and watch them all you know, go on to bigger careers in the business. It's fun. I didn't follow. Oh, right. Sorry. So you weren't a baseball fan. I mean, what's really funny is my mother was very, very literary. Uh-huh. And so we just didn't watch sports in my house. In fact, we didn't have a, even have a TV. What'd you do with your spare time? Upstairs, we had a TV in the basement. But now that my mom has met and married her husband in her 70s. Right. And he's a big oh, cool. sports freak. She watches every <laughs> single game. So what did I do in my spare yeah, time what was as your, a kid? What were your hobbies when you were growing up? I smoked pot and drank booze and ran what? the streets of St. Louis and hitchhiked down to the inner city to see my boyfriend and stuff. And survived. Yeah, that was kind of it. It's a miracle I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah, there was everything back then. Because we grew up in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's cool, too, when you have that kind of life experience. I mean, you, you have a lot to draw from when you're dealing with people. Right. When, you, when you're counseling, you're dealing with people who come from all walks of life. Right. That's a completely different experience. It made me a better counselor. But um, you remember SIU Edwardsville in... Uh, yes. It's my in, brother it's went It's in there. Illinois, right? Yeah. It's in Illinois. Carbondale. It's down in Carbondale. Carbondale, Illinois. Yeah. So my mother and her boyfriend at the time, this years ago, I was like 14, took us to see Arlo Guthrie at SIU Edwardsville. Remember mm-hmm. Arlo Guthrie? Mm-hmm. And so Nancy, my girlfriend Nancy and I, I should tell her to watch this. Nancy and I were like off, you know, off um, away from the crowd, away from where my mom and boyfriend were sitting. We went off to, to smoke a joint, mm-hmm. and um, I think one of us, I think I had a small baggie, like, down my pants, and um, we're off smoking this joint, and we see this, like, old farmer walking up to us with a hearing aid, 
and turns out he's an arc and he busts us and he takes us to the trailer and we get strip searched by this lady cop and then we they tell us you know they kept our something they kept our they kept our paraphernalia for sure and um that we had oh they made us walk back to the blanket where my mom and her boyfriend were sitting and said you're gonna have to come with us and we got kind of ruined the concert. Yeah, but what was really funny was my mom, who um, oh god, I shouldn't tell this. She was you, don't kinda, have, you don't have to. She was a party. You can back still then. stop. No, she was a little bit of a partier back then too. Okay. And um, she wasn't mad at me for smoking pot. She was mad at me for getting caught and interrupting her concert. Right, because the other part wasn't interrupting her concert. Right. Exactly. Pretty wild. Speaking of those concerts so back in the day, did. did you see a bunch of shows? I didn't go to a lot because this is a really weird thing about me. I didn't like music that loud i liked right. to really hear the music i didn't right. want it like blasting in my ears i think i saw cat stevens more than anything but um i listened to music all you the saw, time. so you saw cat stevens at siu or back up in st louis no in st louis what was that keel keel auditorium kansas there kansas love kansas it was a, it was a show where when they got done at the end of the concert the lights kept coming down they're playing like carry on or something carry on wayward son you know and the lights kept getting smaller and smaller down to one instrument mm-hmm. the violinist wow but then when the lights came back up real quick, no one was on stage but him, and he walked off. Wow. And the music was still playing. And it was like, oh, my God. oh that was a recording. They were, so whatever the last song was, they actually faked it or, oh. or blended into a track somehow. Wow. Way before anybody ever used tracks live. So it was really an impressive thing to see. It was like a magic trick. <laughs> you know? But I'll never forget that. And somebody in the balcony <laughs> lit something on fire and threw it down on the people like a sweatshirt or something. Oh, shit. So, but it was St. Louis, so we figured that this must be what they do here. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Fog Hat there with uh, my sister Maggie, and then um, when we were still young, uh, when Maggie and I were young teenagers, when we were little, little, when our parents got divorced, I remember our dad said, "I'm, I'm going to take you out this coming weekend. What do you want to do?" And Maggie said, "I, I want to see, um, ah, Black Magic. Remember that." Black Sabbath. The, okay, yeah, great. Black Sabbath. Say, yeah. Black Sabbath. And Maggie was like 11 and I was like 10. And he got us really good seats. We were like in the third row. And I remember I'm sitting next to my dad and I'm watching the show. And it was like, I am Iron Man. And this dude sitting next to me, he's got his head in his hands. Like, you know, he's all having some sort of bad trip. And I'm looking at this dude and I look up at my dad and I go, Daddy, what's wrong with that man? And he goes, don't talk to that man. <laughs> don't talk to that no, man. No, no, no. I'm talking about He's not at the same show you're at, honey. Today he's at a different show. He's in a whole other place. Well, listen, I wanted to let you have an t- opportunity to take a drink and uh, catch your breath. I want to spin a song from your past, uh, and then we'll come right back. So just to give everybody a little break, this is Cat Stevens <gasps> and Trouble. Oh, my Here on God. the Auto D Show, where my guest is Jane Fendelman. We'll be right back. Oh, my God. Trouble, no trouble set me free I have seen your face and it's too much, too much for me Trouble, oh trouble can't you see You're eating my heart away and there's nothing much left of me made your work mine so won't you be fair so won't you be fair I don't want no more of you 
So won't you be kind to me Just let me go where I have to go there Trouble, trouble move away I have seen your face and it's too much for me today Trouble, trouble can't you see You have made me a wreck, now won't you leave me in my misery Cat Stevens with Trouble here on the Auto D Show, one of my guests, Jane Fendelman's favorite songs from when she was growing up, or at least a great memory. But uh, tell me your connection to that song as we were <laughs> yeah, just speaking. Not exactly. I mean, it was a great memory. Cat Stevens uh, became ultra popular when I was about 13 because he did all the music in a movie called Harold and Maude. That's mm-hmm. how I became aware uh-huh. of him. Okay. And this song in particular, Trouble, I really related to because it was at a time in my life when my parents had been divorced for a couple of years. My father had remarried, and even though he lived down the street, he never saw my sister and me. He, he didn't know how to negotiate a new family and a, his old family. Right. And I had gotten to, into, um, I think, cigarettes and started hanging around, following my big sister to this park where this gang hung out. And when, when I was 12, I got raped by the uh, 16-year-old leader of the neighborhood gang. And then my life kind of spiraled out of control from there. Like I ended up uh, getting into a lot of drugs and alcohol. And that is when Cat Stevens became really popular. And this song, Trouble, I think I used to listen to this whole album in particular, but this song especially, over and over, because I really felt like, I felt like Cat Stevens understood how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny, because I can remember my mother saying about a boyfriend of my sister's at the time. Um, She's a little older than me. Um, We'd given this guy a ride home, and he said, oh, turn up this song. I love this song. And uh, it was some really angsty song. I think it was, um, it was, uh, ah, damn. Uh, Not Peter Frampton. Shit. It was. Something. Yeah. And um, she said, uh, she said, after he got out of the car, she said, Boy, that says a lot about him. That song says a lot to me about him. And I remember just praying that my mother 
would hear the music I was listening to and know what I was going through, and she never did. So that you wouldn't have to ever express it, but you wanted her to know. You wanted that kind of right. you want that support. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't express to her, and she was yeah. busy with her own life. She was yeah. living a, a single, a newly single woman, newly single woman life. Yeah. So yeah, that's a beautiful song. Thanks for bringing back that horrible memory, Otto. No, I'm teasing. Yeah, so <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's so special specialty. It's, <laughs> it can it's, make people feel awful. It's part of what led me to be a yeah. counselor. I mean, it, it's, it put a big bend in my river. I am now working on getting a grant because I developed a healing technique for physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse that actually works without re-traumatizing the client. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. And I'm one of the only counselors that knows how to do that. It's a brief therapy technique. It's quick. It's easy. It works almost instantly. So if anybody listening has a physical, mental, emotional, or sexual abuse, they should contact me because there's a quick, easy, painless way to fix it. And it's very empowering. And if it weren't for that experience, I wouldn't be the counselor that I am today. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for it. Yeah. I'm, no, gra- I'm grateful all that happened to me. Mm-hmm. You also have been talking to me recently about some other things that kind of fascinate you in terms of uh, human nature, but part of one of those things is sound. Right. And in, in that conversation, you started talking to me about uh, Dr. Alfred Tomatis, Dr. Alfred A. Tomatis. 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 I say Tomatis. You say Tomatis. I say Tomatis. T- t- it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tomatis. Alfred and Tomatis. The, the effect of sound on matter. Yeah. So. He was a genius. Dr. Tomatis. Uh, was, uh, I think, born and lived in France. And he was contacted by a a Franciscan monastery because the monks were starting to get sick. All the monks were getting sick. They were getting chest colds and losing their voices, and they were getting ear infections and all kinds of stuff like that. So this monastery heard that Dr. Tomatis was a what was the word I looked up earlier when we were working? Lalaryngeolonchitis. Oh yeah, you said some, you, no. You said a word that started with O T O, and you were like, "It looks like your name." Oh, it's an otolaryngologist. Laryn- yeah, an otolaryngologist. Yeah, and I don't know what that is. Right. So it's like a uh, throat and whatever the hell. So um, he, he was a doctor, and he worked with people on voice and nose and lungs and anyway that stuff. So this Franciscan. Um, monastery, and they do a lot of chanting. Mm-hmm. Wait, is it Franciscan? Tibetan. Ah, oh, shit. I'm well, if it's in St. Louis, it's Franciscan. It's not in St. Louis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might have been Tibetan. No, I think it was in Fran- Oh, maybe it wasn't Tibet. These monks, anyway, this monks, these monks at this monastery. And um, normally they chanted a lot, and they made their wine, and they sold their wine, and you know they, they made enough money to support the monastery, and they did fine for hundreds of years. So they were all of a sudden all getting sick and they hired Tomatis and they tried all these different doctors and all these different things and nothing fixed it. So they heard about Tomatis and they invited him out there and Dr. Tomatis examined all the monks and he started asking questions and one of his questions brought to light exactly what the problem was, what was causing the illness. Tomatis said, when did this start? When did this start? Mm-hmm. And they said it started three or four weeks after we got a new whatever the head guy is called, Monsignor? I don't know, head, gu- head guy, head guy of the monastery. We get a new head guy. New head guy said, you know what? If we make just a little more wine, we can create just a little bit more money and we can fix up a few things and make the place a little bit nicer. And they said, yeah, yeah, okay, let's do that. So what we're going to have to do, they, he said, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to cut back on the chanting. 
And so they did. They cut back on the chanting. They cut it, I think, by a third or something like that, something substantial. And they started making more wine. They were still chanting a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, just the what they did cut back caused a stress on the system systems of the monks. Like chanting, people who chant the Om or who meditate or people who sing or people who are into a lot of music know that if you cut back on the music, that it affects your nervous system. It affects your mood. Mm-hmm. It affects your joy, your endorphins and everything. So I love Dr. Tomatis' work. He died in 2001. But there is still, in fact, here in uh, Phoenix, the Tomatis Center. Oh, and really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and it heals. You can go to the Tomato Center, and you can heal all kinds of illnesses from going there and working um, working with sound. On the body. On the body. And the effects of sound on matter are profound. Like, um, I've studied most of the great re- religions and many of the obscure ones. And I know that uh, one of these Bibles, can't remember which, maybe the Christian Bible, says in the beginning was the Word, and that the entire universe was created by a Word. Now, even if you're not religious... Even if you're a quantum physics geek like me, I'm a physics geek and I'm spiritual, mm-hmm. you know that there is the Higgs field and you know everything's born out of vibration, sound and light vibration. That's where everything comes from. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah, it is. It's profound stuff. Sound. Sound. In fact, you know, there's an interesting thing that is attributed to Hitler and his regime in relating to the modern tuning we use in, in music at four, as the note... A being at 440, that it until then, until he changed it, it was at 432, 432 hertz instead of 440 hertz. And if you watch 432 hertz, as you have shown me videos that the doctor was doing on, I think it might have been some sort of light sand with right. a tone playing into it. You look at the difference that uh, between 432 and 440 is incredible. 432 is this complex, beautiful, symmetrical piece, and 440 is just a distracted mess. And uh, and so I actually worked on a record recently where the singer, who's famous, Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad, was doing a live (gasps) concert, and he had had his whole band tuned to 432. And so then when I'm in the computer after the fact and I'm repitching a couple little notes on a vocal here or there for a singer or somebody else, it automatically pitches to 440 if you don't change the pitch center in the system. And so I threw it all to 440, you know, and it's like, this all sounds a little off. And it's because this whole band turns to, tunes to 432. So when I realized that, it was easier to kind of adjust everybody to a different center point, and then it was, everything was wonderful again. Oh, wow. Wait, but, how, uh, how did Hitler realize that? I don't know. I, I mean, it's attributed to the... The change is attributed to Nazi Germany, the switch to 440. I don't know what happened. I, huh. All I recall from what okay. I'd read is that that's where the change came from. I don't you know, it was the um, German or the Russian submarines used to use ELF waves, mm-hmm. extra low frequency mm-hmm. waves, to cause nausea in the enemy. Mm-hmm. That'll work. Yeah. In fact, you know, if they say there's a certain frequency if you pump it out, that just makes you have a bowel movement. <laughs> And I'd read, you can read anything you want to believe online. And I'd read that we did that in the first Gulf War to the to the front lines as we moved into Iraq, that they, that they 
pumped with this on a six hertz or four hertz or whatever the heck it was. Wait, for, to help the good guys or to vex the bad guys? To vex the bad guys. So everybody crapped their pants before you went in. Oh, jazz. It's kind of slows, slows down their response <gasps> time and Perfect. gives you a little a little bit of an advantage. That's I don't hilarious. know if that's true, but like I say, hey, I read it online. It's got to be true. So I can <laughs> I can repeat the story. If it's not true, it's funny. And the, and it is amazing what uh, sound can do and the effect it does on matter. When you watch water freezing, there's some other experience yeah. you know, that have been done. They freeze water with different music playing or with different frequency tones being generated in the room. And to watch how the crystal freezes, completely different based on the way the air, the frequency that's in the air. Because it's just a wave in the air. Right. So it's impacting the water as it's freezing. So it changes right. the surface. I mean, you know? sound wave can create and it can destroy like yeah. we could make a sound loud enough or high pitched enough Bust a wine glass. that it will shatter yeah glass it'll shatter glass it's so profound that's why there's a whole chapter um well not a whole chapter but there's um the whole um um page or two or three in my parenting book raising humane beings it's called yelling is hitting with words that's why we don't raise our voice to someone that we care about we can raise our voice and yell at uh, an enemy or an intruder but not to someone you care about. Don't ever raise your voice to someone that you care about. Got it. I understand. I won't. <laughs> I'm not looking. <laughs> I'm just looking because you, you're there. I know. Not, don't do that ever again, Otto. That's right. Quit yelling at me. Otto. I'll stop it. I'll stop, stop it. it. So, uh, but in an Italian family, you can't ask people not to yell at people. Oh they my love. gosh, it's true. Like, that's that's so all true. we do. <laughs> And when friends come over, they're like, you guys are going to kill each other. No, we were having a great time. <laughs> it's true. Everybody was mad. I dated a, I dated a one Italian guy and I married another. So, yeah, it's a real thing. Speaking of marrying one of those guys, how many times have you been married? <laughs> Actually, I've been married twice. Me too. You have? Yeah. Once when I was young. Once Me when too. I was like mid-20s and once when I was early 40s. Wow. How about when were yours? Well, I got oh, married. Oh, you were married a long time. <clears throat> I was married the first time when I was very young, uh, probably right at 20. And then uh, was married again at twenty three. Oh, you're first one to the last. You're the marrying kind. So yeah. the first one was short, and the last one's long. Yeah, that's how mine went. Yeah. So. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It's a romantic gesture, marrying, marriage. Okay. I mean, a wedding. Wedding. Weddings are romantic. They are, and I have a note I want to go back to. Not that I have any problem with our current topic of conversation, uh-huh. but I wanted to make a point. You mentioned in, in very in passing, you mentioned that you're looking for a grant writer or that yes. you're looking to get a grant. Tell me more about that. Yes. And maybe if someone's listening who can help you. Yeah. So tell me, what, what is it you need? Yes. Okay. I do have a friend with a 501c3 who is allowing me to work under the, their auspices and I want to get a grant. doesn't have to be too big. I just want to be able to reproduce the audio download of my healing childhood trauma cd which is on my website it's in my website store like if anybody listening wants to go get it it's super cheap it's only like five bucks like five and a half bucks it's called healing childhood trauma and it is this really profound easy brief therapy technique for healing physical mental emotional and sexual abuse and i would really like to find a grant writer who would just help me out with that piece of it so I can reproduce it and just start giving it away. Like ideally, I would give it to all the um, uh, domestic violence shelters, a- any kind of any kind of mental health facility, and also be able to just give it away for free off my website. Mm-hmm. So um, just hand out copies of it. That's what I want to do. Okay, so there you go. If you know anybody who's a grant writer, get a hold of Jane Fendelman at janefendelman.com. Com. And that's F-E-N-D-E-L. 
D- M-A-N. D-E-L. Uh-huh, D-E-L. Jane is in Tarzan. Jane is in Tarzan. D-E-L. F like Frank. So um, also people can look me up on Facebook. I'm there frequently. And back to marriage as a romantic construct. Do you do marriage counseling? I do. I do individual couples and family therapy. In fact, I am randomly at the top organically. I shouldn't say randomly. I worked hard to get there. I'm at the top of the um, Google search for couples counselors in Arizona. And I just did an actual couples counseling session Mm -hmm. on a national television show on E! Entertainment called um, Total Bellas. Total Bellas. When they called me up to see if I would do it, I was like, what is this show? And they said, Total Bellas. And I said, what channel is it on? And they're like, E! Entertainment, duh. And I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) You don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of shows. If you don't watch them, it's easy to not be aware of them. So was that kind of cool? Yeah, it was very cool. I got to do a real counseling session. It wasn't like a TV, you know, wasn't like they told me to do and say stupid things. I have a friend, Allie Arnold. She was on Scott Bayo as single in 45. She mm-hmm. was the counselor on that. And they used to make, and she's a brilliant counselor, a br- brilliant uh, psychiatrist. I mean, she's actually the psychiatrist to the Olympic um, children's gymnast- gymnastics team. Wow. So she's serious, ba- seriously badass. And they would make her tell him to do things like, Scott Bayo, you have to go to a cuddle party you know, at this orgy place in a big pit with carpeted pit with people and cuddle. Ridiculous, idiotic shit hmm. that, you know, a counselor. So you thought maybe that's what you were facing when they asked you to be on the show? Well, I mean, when they asked me to be on the show, I said, okay, I'll do it, but I want to do actual counseling. And they said, no, that's what we want you to do. We want you to do a real couples counseling session. And so did that come across on a, on a number of episodes or one episode? or how, It how was, it sadly, it was a whole one hour session and they showed about, I don't know, uh, two or three minutes of it and um, but it was cool they showed a good part and they showed the couple seriously working on it, it was in my living room so okay. it was cool. really pretty I got that bright blue wall alright so now we can officially call you a television star and so I want to ask you another <laughs> question because um, I know how people think you know that aren't television stars now that you're a television star you want my autograph well absolutely but beyond that now everything in your life is solved you're rich and you know you should buy dinner everywhere you go with anyone because you're a television star right <laughs> don't tell everybody when you're that. on tv right. and that's you know people just people have this thing you know once you're once you're on i'm there, a tv star you're one of them you're one of them people now i am I'm so, a celebrity i'm a legend in my own mind so the flip side of that coin is have, have you gotten one call from being on the show Oh my God! Uh, well, you know what's really funny is I w- I was already they found me because I was at the top of the Google search. They already found me because my practice is very full. I mean, right. I'm still taking new clients, but right. I am booking one two weeks out, and um, I do have a tendency to point people like I don't like to make people wait. So in the meantime, uh, if people schedule a session with me, I usually just send them. Uh, my two top couples educational videos, one is healthy communication and the other is healing old wounds. So, but for people who are too far away or they can't see me or I'm booked too far out and they're about to get divorced, they need to just go on my website and get these couples educational downloads. So I forgot what the question was. <laughs> if you'd gotten a call from being on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got a, they, oh, did it bring me more? Work. Yeah, anybody it, recognize you were there and then respond to the fact that they'd seen you? It didn't necessarily bring me more clients. What it did was the opposite. Clients I already had scheduled 
um, who were fans of that show. Like I had, I had canceled. No, 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 not the opposite. The opposite. Like what happened? I'll tell you about this one couple in particular. I love. No, honey, we can't go to see Jane, or we'll end up on a TV show with her. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, They were so adorable. Um, They're adorable. They've been working with me for uh, probably about two and a half months, which is about when it came out. The show aired. And uh, this couple come. What happens is people come in and they say in the first session, "I think we saw you on TV. Were you on Total Bellas?" <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, I was." And she was like, "See, honey, I knew that was her." Anyway, so this one lady. So that's what they usually say to me. This this one couple, this adorable couple that is doing really really well. They're really making strides. And um, I can't tell you their names. I'll call them Mary and Bill. That's not their names, though. Okay. And um, they came in, they sat down, and Mary sat down like this. She sat down. You guys won't be able to see me on the radio, but Mary sat down like this. She sat down like this. Like her eyes were big as saucers. She's looking at me. Ready to go. Thankful to be here for the help. No, she goes like this. Oh. We're so excited to be here. We're so excited to be here with you. We saw you on TV. <laughs> She would like she had twinkle stars hey, in her eyes, right? And do you think that's part of why it, why it worked? Counseling works because they listen more to you because they have a trust when they walk in the door that they've already placed in you because they saw me on TV. Yeah, which is a good thing if that helps. It, it yeah, it is. And um, also, a lot of them even before I was on TV, I have a pretty uh, popular YouTube channel. So a lot of people have seen a lot of my YouTube videos and they feel confident. They feel like they already know me going in. They've seen my That's videos. Cool. They feel like they know who I am. What's your YouTube channel? That is just Jane Fendham. Oh, no. Ella, what's my YouTube channel? <laughs> <laughs> we um, like post it in uh, Jane posts Fendelman. of the show. I think it's but just you, my name. But it's, if we Googled Jane it's maybe Jane Fendelman Fendelman MC. on YouTube, I'm sure we'll find it. Oh, maybe MC. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. For sure. <laughs> well, you know, I found that when... when uh, I put a gold record, my first gold record on the wall that had changed how people heard what I had to say to them when they would come to talk to me about their music career. Oh, because when Shatan, you walk through that little hallway well, and there's the, all the gold the records? Very, well, the very first one, it, I actually had it in my house and I had a little demo studio at my house. And this one kid I was talking to, he wouldn't listen to a thing I said. And then I got the record, I put it on the wall and he comes back in to you know, talk with me again and we're talking and the whole time I'm talking to him, he's looking at this gold record. <laughs> And when we got done, he's like, okay, I'll do that. I was like, you're kidding me. Wait a minute. Just because I have a gold record now, what I'm telling you means something to you. And, and unfortunately, it, that, that was true. But the beauty of that was uh, he needed to hear what I was telling him. And whatever resistance he had because he hadn't built some sort of trust yet, he was just inspecting me and not necessarily trusting me, that removed it. The gold record right. gave him permission to trust me. And so you know, I wondered if, in, in this show if, that, if the television presence does gives them permission. Yeah, well, they, even though it's false, that permission is right, good for them because right. then they do trust you. I think I think we're a lot alike. I mean, I think I don't think that I I think you and I feel like normal people, even though we're semi quasi uh, miniature itty bitsy slimy. But like uh, like I got my master of counseling degree twenty five years ago, and last year I had these two really great counseling interns. I still love them dearly. Like they graduated and they're doing their lives now. But um, they came to me one day and they said, excuse me, Jane, where are your diplomas? <laughs> and I said, they're in, a, I don't know, I think they're in a drawer. L- look in that drawer. Wait, why do you need my diplomas? And they said, why are your diplomas in a drawer? And I said, why, why, where am I, what am I going to do with them? They like frame them, put them on the wall in your office. 
And I was like, nah, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't need a diploma on the walls so the people know, you know, nah, I don't need. They're like, Jane, you paid a lot of money. You put in a lot of time and effort. Frame them and put it on the wall. So I was like, okay, you're right. They, they're like, put them in a, you know, there's feng shui. I know enough feng shui to know that I don't know feng shui. And uh, there's a wall. My, you know, my room where the computers are, the mm-hmm. room in the back corner. Of the, okay, so that is the area of abundance. That's the area of abundance. So they said you should copy it. You should have two. You should have both degrees framed. One in your one in your counseling room and one in our paperwork office. You know, and you should have them up there so you can see them, so you can remember the hard work that you did. And I was like, okay, you're right. I should do that. So it really did change things because sometimes I have these hard ass hard ass left brain guys, and they're only there because their wife told them I'm going to leave you if you don't come. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there with their arms folded, and then I can see them studying my. And here's how they degrees. find a counselor. They Google one. They see your videos, and they go, "She's cute. I'll go talk to her." Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I think they think. Well, you think they. <laughs> if think. I got to spend an hour in front of her, I, I have a nice smile, and I seem fun and funny. And counseling is fun, so that's. But um, you know how like when you're on stage, like you're up there, you're singing, you come down off stage. People are lining up to meet you and sometimes kiss you and weird stuff <laughs> or try to get your underwear. I don't know whatever else they're trying to do. Get a sweaty towel off of you. And people treat you like that. And it's it's kind of a weird thing because, you know, you feel like you're a normal human being and you come down off the stage. Right. Like I just did a big talk at um, a high school on anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's not weird. It's not weird for me because people don't right. treat me like a musician. You get treated like a musician where people are trying to paw you and kiss you. I get treated like a professional who just, mm-hmm. you know, did something they think is a big deal thing. Right. It's but, kind of awesome. Yeah, it's but, interesting. It's a different persona. Yeah. Well, listen, we have just a few more minutes. Damn. I know. Time flies. And I think, we, I think we've mentioned your website. You're on Facebook. <gasps> oh, I want to say that that, um, that band, that band uh, Urban Flora. The record? Uh, yeah, the record. Elena oh, I guess it, uh, Alina, Alina Baraz, Alina Baraz. I got addicted to Pandora Chill Wave Radio, and it's just like the best sensual, sexual music. Like it really, it, it really chills me out. It really, I'm a very Type A, high energy person, so mm-hmm. I love that music. And if you guys need it, it's great for sex. Well, there you go. Jane's recommendations for the first album of for sex. Urban. Oh, we didn't talk about tone. Is and it intention. Urban Flora? Was it the name of the album? I think Urban Flora. Okay. And T- tone and intention. And watch tell me tone about and, tone and intention. Tone and intention. So, um, I do a lot of working with the masculine, feminine. Like women are trying to get their needs met for men by being shrill and making lectures, and they're using the masculine energy, the masculine power, to try to get their needs met. But a man d- isn't doesn't feel inspired to meet the needs of his woman if she's being masculine. So I, a lot of what I do in counseling, couples counseling, is teaching the women how to be soft without becoming weak and teaching the men how to be strong without becoming a bully. So I tell the women, with your man and also with your children, you can use that shrill fishwife voice. You're like, do your homework. Or you're saying to the husband, you never help me with the kids. You don't help me with the husband. And, you have to set your tone and your intention and use the song of the sirens. And the sirens are cousins to the mermaids. And they sit out on the rocks in the middle of the ocean. And when the sailors sail by, they sing their songs and they're too beautiful to resist their song. So the sailors leap off the ship and they drown trying to swim to them. And then they keep them forever under the ocean to serve them. And that's what you want. You want your man. You want to keep him under the ocean forever to serve you. And you don't do it by doing that kind of voice, nagging him. You do it by using the song of the sirens. 
you lower your voice and you soften your voice and you set your tone and your, and your intention. And whereas he thinks, he thinks you're not having sex with him because you're being a cold withholding bitch. He doesn't realize it's because you're exhausted with the kids and your job and you feel like he's not helping you enough. He thinks it's that, you know it's this. So your intention can be sensual, sexual, to get whatever you want and need from your man. It's okay to do that. It's okay to seduce your man into serving your needs and helping you with the kids and the laundry. There you go. Tone and intention. And that's a good record for it. That's a good record for it. Oh, yeah, Urban, Urban Flora. Flora. Good, and then have sex to Urban Flora. To, to tie all that together. Those guys are going to owe you some royalties after they start selling records like this. I know, right? It's going to be crazy good. So is that, and speaking of her, Elena Braz, which I believe is her name, A-L-I-N-A-B-R-A-B-A-R-A-Z, Braz. Is that the only record that she has out, or she has a few records out? Because she's a young kid, so is the other guy. I don't know. I like that's the only one I ever see. When I'm listening to Pandora, um, Chill Wave Radio. Because I wasn't familiar with that record. Yeah, that's the only one I've ever seen of her on there. So maybe it's her first record. I'll have to check it out. It's so funny. You and I still say record. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's cool. It's hey, yeah, let's see your little ears you brought in here. For those of you uh, just listening. You guys would have to go on. It's reindeer ear, eardrops or reindeer ears here. Reindeer eardrops. Perfect. You guys would have to go on the Facebook Live to actually see my... This whole recording is on Facebook Live, by the way. By the way. And this whole recording is actually coming to a close. Because it's been an hour. Just in time. That went so fast. Think your phone still has a battery for the end of the whole thing. If you've been watching, or if you're watching later, thanks for for paying attention and participating. And everybody listening can come and see us. Jane, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to see you, my friend. Shaking hands. Well, I can't jump across the counter (laughs) right now. And so uh, to reach you, janefendelman.com. JaneFendelman.com. Yeah, that's probably the best Google way. Google Jane mean, Fendelman on YouTube. Can. Find Jane on Facebook. Right, yeah. All right, well, we'll see ya. See ya, see ya. I'll see you after this. That's right. <laughs> Take care.